0: Hello, welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. I'm here today with Dr. Michael Van Thielen. How are you doing today?
1: I'm great. Thanks for having me, Courtney.
0: Thank you for being here. So could you give us a little bit of an overview of your background? You have a background in holistic nutrition and uh, some sports medicine. What does what holistic nutrition even mean these days?
1: You know, well, it's obviously not the food pyramid. It's really looking at the body <laughs> as a whole and... Um, And also, you know, choose the right foods, which come from Mother Nature, right? So we don't want man-made foods or chemicals, uh, and we need to avoid those as much as we can. So holistic nutrition comes from that point of view. It comes from a healing point of view, not from a, you know, uh, let's manage sickness point of view. Let's put it that way.
0: Yeah, yeah. So how did you get get started in that? And what has your journey been like, especially in the past few years? I I feel like... Matt, that's probably been a very interesting time for you.
1: Yeah, long story short, people can hear my accent. I'm originally from Belgium, Uh, grew up uh, with my brother and uh, just my mom. She worked hard to provide for us, went to the University of Brussels. I was into sports, so obviously I did physical education, which was a lot of fun. But what are you going to do with that ultimately? So then I decided to proceed and do physical therapy, started traveling with the Belgian Olympic swim team in preparation uh, for the Olympic Games in 1996. And then in 97, they were short of physical therapists in the United States. So I got recruited, uh, saved $400, packed my backpack and came live the American dream, right? <laughs> um, But from physical therapy, I went in uh, back to school to the college, uh, the uh, Florida College of Integrative Medicine, where I get my license in acupuncture, doctor of oriental medicine, board certified in Chinese herbs, homeopathy and all the kind of stuff. And I treated uh, almost a thousand patients, I guess, but I got a little bit frustrated because these uh quote-unquote alternative modalities or therapies are indeed less invasive than conventional medicine, meaning drugs, injections, and surgeries, but I really didn't get the long-lasting results either, so I felt I needed to go to back to basics, and that's why I got my PhD in holistic nutrition, but I also started looking at Mother Nature and uh observe what animals in the wild to, because that's where the truth lies, and by combining those Uh, I really got confident in uh, helping people regain uh, control of their health. So that's when I started writing books. I got eight books now. That's when I started to do a lot of uh, keynote and motivational speaking. I'm a TEDx uh, speaker also. And so today I'm a coach and mentor, and I help people with their health, regaining it, optimizing it. And then today I'm uh, regarded an expert biohacker. So we try to objectively reverse biological age. Also help uh, people in business. I have a corporate impact program where we, you know, uh, upgrade company culture and employee engagement, uh, optimize focus, productivity, those types of things. And then also on a personal level, I can help individuals, you know, live uh, their life to the fullest, uh, find fulfillment, and uh, reach their goals and dreams. So that's what we're doing today.
0: Amazing. So what do you find are the biggest challenges for people in uh, regaining their health and optimizing their health?
1: Well, obviously, we got uh, the conventional medicine model that is very limited. I just mentioned the doctor's tool is usually limited to drugs. Uh, injections and uh, surgeries. And when they don't work, they tell their clients or their patients, oh, there's nothing we can do. Right. And many people still look up to their doctor and believe that false paradigm, right? Because right. there's another thousand tools around there that are not in their toolbox. And so people need to start taking responsibility for their own health because we can blame the doctor, we can blame the FDA, we can blame the big pharma or the fake news, but ultimately it doesn't really matter. We need, t- we need to take responsibility so if you're not in a health field, you need to reach out to a functional medicine doctor, a health coach, uh, or somebody like me, it doesn't really matter, that at least guide you in the right direction and show you what else is available, far less harmful, but something that, again, has a holistic approach that tries to eradicate the condition versus put a Band-Aid on and make you a long-time customer.
0: Right, right. So looking at, like, trying to find root causes of the issue.
1: Correct. Yes.
0: To find and usually,
1: usually it's pretty simple. It's all the same.
0: <laughs> really? Uh, please, please tell, because I, uh, I, I feel like yeah. that that's not the perception that a lot of people have.
1: No, I mean, again, because we got all these doctors and these specialties, right? We yeah. got kidney doctors, we got neurologists, we got this, we got that. And so everybody's compartmentalized. There's no communication between them, but that's not how the body works. You know, everything in the body is connected and, and one uh, one thing affects the other so you need to look at the body as a whole and if we look at the body as a whole and if we look at uh, health and disease mm-hmm. uh, you know I would say that there's only one cause of all disease and that's toxemia now toxemia literally means toxins in the blood right? right but in a little bit more detail what it really means that is that as part of normal living daily living part of our metabolism obviously our body produces toxins and waste but in a healthy organism, those waste products and toxins are eliminated from uh, our body and our blood through what? Through the skin, the kidneys, the bowels, etc. So no harm is done. However, if we are exposed to or take in far more toxins than the body possibly can eliminate, then there's an accumulation of toxins in the blood and the body, and that's what we call toxemia. Now, there's two things happening when we have toxemia, the accumulation of toxins in the body, number one, These toxins are going to steal an electron from a healthy atom, which then becomes unstable, which we know as free radicals. And I don't have to explain it because everybody knows that free radicals cause exponential damage even on the cellular and DNA level. And number 2 when when these toxins are floating around and they're not supposed to uh the body is in a constant state of emergency trying to neutralize those toxins and in conventional medicine we have a word for that too it's called systemic inflammation and even conventional medicine now agrees uh, or admits at least that over 90% of all disease is directly correlated to this systemic inflammation so um, so this toxemia basically causes all disease. So what's the solution? The solution is to keep toxemia in check, and theoretically it's very easy because what we need to do is we need to reduce the intake and exposure to toxins. Where do they come from? Man-made foods, man-made drinks, uh, over-the-counter and prescription medication uh your toxic household products cosmetic products and then of course today the electromagnetic frequencies and radiation from our bluetooth devices our cell phones our uh smart appliances and the list goes on so we need to do whatever we can to mitigate and reduce that while simultaneously increase the nutrients that fight free radical damage fight systemic inflammation and repair our dna and if we can keep toxemia in check uh we're doing a pretty good job and we won't be able to get any disease
0: Yeah, that's amazing. So what are some of the things that will uh, mitigate against the toxemia and inflammation?
1: Like you mean nutrients? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, well, obviously, if we need to, uh, you know, neutralize free radicals, everybody knows uh, that we need antioxidants. However, there's a lot more to than trying to eat or use supplements of vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin E, glutathione, zinc, selenium, and the list goes on um because when one of those antioxidants donates an electron to that unstable free radical yes they neutralize that free radical but then they become useless so uh recent research shows very clearly that in order to be more effective in doing that uh, doing that we need an electron reservoir which is basically we need a battery of our cells and the battery of our cells is NADPH so we need to make sure we have enough electrons in that reservoir enough NADPH in our body because then if that vitamin C molecule gives an electron to neutralize a free radical, then we can feed that same vitamin C another electron and another one and another one and another one so that it can uh, exponentially help neutralize free radicals. So in order to keep NADPH uh, levels high in our body, uh, there's a few things we can do. We need to obviously mitigate um, electromagnetic radiation in and around the house uh, because it depletes NAD plus NADPH. We also need to, uh, resistance training or uh, high intensity exercise increases levels of NADPH. Uh, hydrogen, uh, I'm looking, I'm actually drinking it right now. Uh, I should drink it quickly because, uh, but hydrogen water, my, my clean water is infused with hydrogen gas because hydrogen, uh, again, uh, stimulates the production of NADPH. So we can put certain things in place to make sure we have enough electrons or an electron reservoir, mm-hmm. which then really stimulates the antioxidants in our body to neutralize free radicals. Number two, when it comes to inflammation, systemic inflammation, we simply can do a blood test and measure our C, uh, C-reactive C protein, CRP. And then implement certain lifestyle modifications and do the blood test again. And is that as that CRP drastically reduces, it means our systemic inflammation is gone. And now the body is not in a state of emergency and, uh, not in, you know, a disease state. Let's put it that way. So there's people can Google, uh, anti, the top 10 or top 20 anti inflammatory fluids, foods. foods. Um, that are available obviously, and you know, usually it comes down again to your natural foods, which are your fruits and your vegetables. Uh, most of those are anti inflammatory, and then we got many supplements that we can take as an insurance policy that also will reduce, uh, inflammation, such as omega T, omega three, curcumin, uh, MSM, and the list goes on, you know, ginger uh etc. So we can incorporate those things uh to reduce inflammation and avoid the things that cause inflammation, which is your your meats, especially your red meats, your uh empty uh carbohydrates, which is your white rice, your white flour, your white uh, you know, spaghetti and pasta, and uh, you know, your sodas and your coffees and your energy drinks. So if reduce those and increase the pro inflammatory ones. Uh, then we're doing a good job. And the third component I mentioned was repairing our DNA. Now, we have an innate DNA repair system. Everybody's got it, but in most of us, it doesn't work because that system, which consists of 17 enzymes, requires fuel. And the fuel is NAD+. plus. That's why in biohacking today, NAD+, plus is a big uh, topic because it's the fuel for our repair system. And again, we need to make sure we have enough of that fuel so our body can repair our DNA once it gets damaged. And so NAD plus, we can get a supplement of NAD plus. We can get IVs of NAD plus, or we can take some precursors uh, like niacin, which is a great precursor to NAD plus. Which so there's niacin? things that we can do Flush to keep those levels high. Also, excuse oh, me,
0: sorry, sorry to interrupt, but wh- which problem. niacin? Because there are mm-hmm. different types of niacin. Which type of niacin?
1: Niacin is your what is it, your B3 or your B6? No, right? I
0: know, but there, there are different types of niacin. So I'm asking which one would
1: be a Well when it comes thing. to supplements, I when it comes to supplements, uh, you know, I think uh there's many criteria to look because the supplements we buy in the health food store usually are not really good. Uh I always work with medical grade uh uh, right, but there's
0: there's flush niacin and there's non flush niacin. I forgot one of them. I think is B three. The other one I forgot what what B it is. But they're different.
1: Yeah, well, I don't, I I don't, I can answer that question. Okay. Uh, I would have to look it up myself. Okay, uh, I'm familiar. I yeah, have
0: to look it up. Um, yeah, to see, but I just don't
1: know which one would be niacin simply. I think Bob, niacin simply uh, uh is a precursor to NAD plus. So niacin in your body helps. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the making of NAD+.
0: Interesting. I just wonder if one of them does. fan the does
1: capacity. also, but in far less uh, uh, capacity.
0: Mm-hmm. Which one?
1: Tryptophan.
0: Tryptophan. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So what are your thoughts on uh, NAD uh, IVs versus pills or patches?
1: Yeah, again, uh it's a little bit of a combination because we gotta make sure we have enough in our body, as I just said. So um, you know, again, it's always about the quality that we put in. IVs always good. Is it straight into the blood? Can get can can straight go to the cells. Um, but is it synthetic? Is it natural? Uh so it always depends a little bit on the quality and the sourcing of the product that we use when we talk about IVs or supplements. Uh, so that's why I think it's always it's good to do those, but it's always good to make sure that you have enough precursors in your body, which we just talked about, niacin, tryptophan. And again, we always, we always think about taking things in, but how do we reduce the usage of those essential nutrients like NAD plus? And that's where it, it comes back into when it comes to NAD plus, we should not eat before we go to bed because that requires a lot of NAD plus. Um, to, um, for digestive efforts, number one. Number two, back to the uh, electromagnetic frequencies and radiation, uh, because even our non ionizing radiation from our cell phones, our laptops, our smart appliances now has been proven scientifically. There's a consensus. Um, that uh, it causes indirect cellular damage, even damage on a DNA level. Um, and unlike radi- uh, ionizing radiation like x-rays and gamma rays, which we only are exposed to once in a blue moon when we need a diagnostic test, we are 24-7 exposed to this non-ionizing radiation, which also causes uh, damage on a DNA level. And therefore, it becomes very, very important that we implement The many strategies that are there and don't cost anything to reduce that radiation uh, in our house, outside of our house, at the office and, you know, in our body. And so electromagnetic frequencies uh, drastically deplete our um, NAD+. So it's not about just trying to take it in, but also trying to reduce the usage of it by mitigating those uh, harmful electromagnetic frequencies.
0: Sure, sure. I feel like that—that's definitely a challenge these days. Since everything's online, so it's very hard to. And sometimes it's just where people live. You know, they have towers that are right near them. Correct,
1: but there's many things that you can do okay, uh, to tell block me. that and mitigate that. Yeah.
0: What 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 do you recommend?
1: Well, there's hundreds of things. Uh One of my best-selling books uh is uh, EMR, electromagnetic radiation, invisible Threats. So this is a practical book where there's hundreds of things that you can do uh, to reduce uh, the radiation. Uh, so one of the many things, obviously, is, um, you know, your dirty electricity in your house. So you can test each and every outlet and the outlets that leak dirty electricity. You can put a uh, plug in a filter um, when it comes to uh, measuring electromagnetic fields. You can get a simple EMF meter at Home Depot or online. And you can see where those fields are. And you certainly don't want to put your bed under a field. So you kind of want to find those hotspots and trying to avoid those. Um, you don't want to dine under it, you don't want to sleep under it, etc. Uh, and then um, you know, obviously there's our Wi-Fi and our phones. Uh, when it comes to this to this device, uh, there's many tricks. Obviously, we don't want it on our ear. Uh, There's the inverse law of Newton, which is the further the distance, the exponentially less radiation. So we do want it on speaker and want to put it further away if we can. Uh, When there's low bars, when you only have one or two bars, you really don't want to talk uh, because then the radiation exponentially increases because the towers need to send a much stronger signal, which is not good. Or when you're moving, when you're walking or when you're driving, you don't want to talk either because then the signal needs to be resent all the time because you're moving. So there's many, many tips. You don't want to charge your phone when you sleep next to you on the nightstand either. Uh, and the list goes on. Uh, when it comes to your computers and your laptops, you want to start plugging them in again, especially at home in the office in a grounded uh, area instead of using the Bluetooth. So start plugging things back in. Uh, don't use smart appliances. Uh, just go to your regular standard appliances. When we talk about a Wi-Fi router, there's something you can buy very cheaply. It's called a Faraday bag. You put the router in the bag; it still works, but it blocks the radiation. And we can keep on going. So when it comes from the from uh, your smart meter on your house or power lines, when it comes to the smart meter, you can ask the city to remove them. They probably won't, <laughs> but you can put a metal plate in between, which then blocks the radiation getting into your house. And so there's hundreds and hundreds of things that we can do to drastically reduce. We can't get rid of all of it, but we can drastically reduce the exposure uh to that radiation. And then there's things to what We can do ourselves. Uh, I, for example, I've been sleeping on an anti-aging bed cover for the last few years. It's basically, I plug it in, I ground it. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as I'm in contact with the uh, bed cover, uh, I can measure a radiation of zero because now I'm in a closed loop with Mother Earth. So all the excess energy that even had built up during the day from the iPhone, etc., is now discharged into Mother Earth back into the ground. So again, I can keep on going, but the book is full of things. And there's many things you can Google, too, that you can do at no cost or very limited cost to drastically reduce the radiation to those toxins because it contributes to toxemia.
0: Right. Wow. I I have a the I I don't know if it's the same one you're talking about but it's like a grounding that I put on my bed. And yeah. uh we we also got a new mattress, so it's hard to say, but I definitely do notice the quality of sleep has improved. I'm sure it's a good no, one.
1: Yeah. And, and as you know, in health and in biohacking, there's there's many gadgets out there and, and sure. a lot of technologies work and others don't work. And how do you know? When it comes to radiation, it's simple. You just got to have your EMF meter, which is very right. cheap to get. And so, you know, when I measure the voltage or millivoltage on my body, the radiation from the fluorescent light or from whatever is in the room, I get a reading. As soon as I put my hands on that uh, bed cover, it should go to zero. So that's a test you could do too. And that's how, you know, gadget works. People always ask me those gadgets on the back on the phone, do they work? Well, I don't know, but let's measure.
0: <laughs> right, right. And
1: so if you can measure it, then you can call it out pretty quickly whether it's something that's going to help you or not. Are you wasting your money?
0: Yeah, no, good, good point. That's very true. When I first, I didn't, test it I tested it on the it was the same like kind of appliance you had a whole bunch of different products with this yes. same technology and it was one of those meters it was drastic difference really interesting yeah. yeah yeah what are your thoughts on some of the toxins that are being i guess put that are much more prevalent now like the some of the stuff that's coming from the air the the water There's now talk about like these synthetic type of uh, parasites. I'm going to a conference this weekend on that. Um, Yeah. So it's kind of things that might not be as traditional, uh, but yeah, ways that we can protect ourselves from that.
1: Yeah. Again, you know, as technology, as our technology driven society keeps to expand and, you know, uh and as we talk about or people talk about depopulation and things like that right, we right gotta be more and more careful and again i mean we're one of the two countries in the world that allows fluoride a neurotoxin you can just right. look it up uh in our water and we we allow gmos and we lie uh, we allow so many harmful toxins in our foods and so in most countries a lot of those things are banned and in the united states it's not so so again, it, it behooves everybody to go the holistic way and really try to avoid any man-made foods and drinks. Uh, number one, but number two, yes. And uh, when I talk about biohacking, I always talk about you know, the seven fundamentals that we start to work on uh, first, because we need a foundation. And a lot of people don't have money to buy a hyperbaric chamber or a very expensive $20,000 vibration platform. But that's not necessary, because there's so many things that we can do foundational. And so you talked about toxins. So the, the first two are air and water, right? So when it comes to water, again, you do need to invest in some type of a uh viable uh purification system, especially your drinking water, if you can afford whole house, go for it, but especially your drinking water, make sure it uh really filters all those uh toxins uh your chlorine your chloramine your latin whatever it is that's in your area based on where you live, you can go to the utilities website and there are uh certificates of analysis of your water so you can see what toxins are in your drinking water that's public records. But anyways, you want to filter your water. And then in my case, I'm infusing it with hydrogen because hydrogen is so important. And then again, we need to drink a lot of water and uh, clean water. And the reason we need to drink a lot of water, because we are designed to move, but we're a plumbing system. We have a circulatory system, lymphatic system, which is a major part also of your immune system, lymphatic system. So we don't want things to things to be stagnant or clog up. So we need to hydrate so things move. And that's why also we need to move. Uh, That doesn't mean we need to play organized sports or go to the gym, but we need to move, whether it's walking or dancing or playing with the grandkids or the dog. It doesn't matter. You can't sit still. You need to hydrate and move so the plumbing system works. Nothing clogs up, right? So water becomes important because it needs to be clean and it needs to be plenty of it. And then number two, air. You know, uh, you talk about pollutants, air pollutants. So, yes, we need to try to get out of the uh, buildings and out of the offices and Mm -hmm. spend more time outside. Don't stay in for lunch or on your breaks. Go outside uh, in the weekend on your evenings. Try to eat outside if it doesn't rain. Do outdoor activities so you have that fresh air. But even more importantly, what I urge everybody to do is learn to utilize that air because most of us, 99.9% are what we call, you know, shallow chest breathers. And most people don't know how to breathe, uh, yeah. which actually is into the nose for five counts and out through the nose for six counts, which makes it about five and a half to six breaths per minute. Most of us breathe through the mouth. It's not designed to breathe. It's designed to talk and eat, right? <laughs> and so, but we breathe between 16 and 22 times. So breathing through the nose increases efficiency by 300%. Talk about a biohack or about anti-aging. Just by breathing properly, you can live much longer. And it's much more effective because the nasal passages are obviously narrower. And so it accelerates, you know, your air coming in. It takes nitric oxide. We could talk about it, but nitric oxide is in the cavity. There's a, a tennis ball size cavity right there. That's where the nitric oxide is. So the air takes the nitric oxide and forces it much deeper into our lungs and the tissues. Um, and so, you know, again, it's not about clean oxygen and fresh air, but how do we utilize it? And today there's, um, so many YouTube videos and apps available where people can learn to breathe properly with breath masters. The one I use and I, uh, uh, you know, suggest to everybody is called the breath source. It's an app you can download for free on your smart device. It has all the world's top breath masters on it. Most of it is for free except live classes or something. So check it out, the breath source, download it, learn how to breathe properly because that's a huge biohack. And so um, those are two of the seven fundamentals that you can start working on that don't cost anything.
0: Yeah, those are great. And uh, the breathing one, how simple, and yet so many of us forget. (laughs) I, I I have a very good friend who has on her phone just a simple reminder three times a day to breathe. Yeah. Because we, we often forget. And you're right. So many of us are breathing through our mouth, which is definitely not as beneficial. And so, Correct. yeah. Um, what are you, you had mentioned, uh, like walking and, you know, just general movement. So I, I think we live in such a, it's ironic, right? Because with people, uh, they're, they're fed things. And so they, they latch on to, you know, different, Well, things that they should do. So we live in a very like gym culture. And yet, ironically, people are very sedentary. And a lot of people think if they go to the gym three, four times or even six times a week that they're active. But the reality is you could be sedentary and still train, right? Um,
1: Exactly. If you Even if you go every day, one hour to the gym, but Mm -hmm. the other three hours you're sitting down or laying down, uh, that's not healthy. Now, going to the gym has many benefits, strength training, has many benefits cardiovascular. And we talked about NAD plus and NADPH. So yes, but we can't sit still. We gotta constantly move. That's what we're designed to do.
0: Yeah. I I think that's uh it's just interesting that a lot of people don't uh correlate the two. You know, they think that if you spend one hour a day, but then you sit in a chair for the next twenty three or And
1: that's why there's, I mean, if you can't get out, whether the weather doesn't allow it or your job or whatever, I mean, that's why they come up with technologies, right? So you have those vibration platforms. Well, Mm -hmm. maybe, especially if you work from home and you do need to, you know, uh, be on a computer a few hours, uh, think about the EMF, but also you can stand on a vibration platform, right? Especially if you're not on a car because it makes a little noise, but your body needs to move. It needs to shake. Mini trampolines, vibration platforms, those are all things uh that you could utilize in case you can't go out there and play and walk and dance
0: right uh, so you're a fan of the vibration platforms
1: Uh yes there's there yes I mean it's a good way to get everything moving in your body Uh, even many of many of the more expensive ones have been even proven to shake the cells shake us up on a cellular level from top to bottom right Um, but it's better than sitting still because it makes your body move even though you're standing still
0: right yeah I love them um I I don't have great circulation whenever like in the winter that that helps like when I start to get cold yeah that and the sauna. So I'm a I'm a big fan of those for
1: sure. Great. Yeah. What
0: What other things would you recommend for people that are uh, just really simple things they can do to take ownership? And what oh, yeah, are
1: we-, we got water, we got air. We talked about movement. The mm-hmm. opposite of movement is what rest and sleep. Yeah, uh, very important uh, because during rest and sleep we repair, renew, regenerate. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like I always use the analogy of a supermarket. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in Florida nights, publics, et cetera. But a supermarket, if the people at night don't restock the next day or the next two days, there's nothing to shop mm-hmm. for. And and so, you know, the supermarket will have to close. It's the same with our body. We use it during the day and at night, we need to restock. We need to repair, renew, replenish, regenerate. Right. And so that only happens in a deep delta sleep. So we need enough sleep, but also a deep sleep. You know, just laying in bed 10 hours in a superficial sleep is not going to do the repair job either. So we need to learn how to get into a deep delta sleep, whether that's uh, with an evening power routine, whether it's with visualization, whether that's with a natural uh, substance that helps you sleep, or whether it's with brain tap or other technologies, it doesn't matter. But you need to figure out a way to get that deep delta sleep. So that's number four. Number five, you talk about light, Uh, light, especially sunlight um promotes every single biochemical uh, and physiological reaction in our body, including all nutritional processes. That's why animals around the equator uh, in the Amazon are colorful and huge and vibrant, while those in the dark areas like a mole <laughs> is blind, uh, not very vibrant, right? So light is essential to life. And if you live in an area where there's not a lot of sunlight or, again, you do spend a lot of time inside, we got near-infrared, far-infrared, and all types of light therapies available also. But I still urge you to really, really actively uh, spend a lot more of your time outside because then we do many biohacking things together, right? Number one, we have fresh air. Number two, we have sunlight. Um, and number three, if you take your shoes off, and you walk on the grass or in the park or on the beach, or you are swimming in uh, the ocean or a natural stream or lake, you're grounding. And we talked about grounding with our mat, but we can do that in Mother Nature. As long as you're in contact with Mother Earth, uh, you're now discharging all that uh, excess negative uh, energy and uh, also neutralizing those three radicals. So we can do, when we go out in Mother Nature, uh, we have a lot of biohacking strategies in place at the same time. And we can move, right? So we can be moving barefoot, fresh air and sunlight. So four out of seven biohacks right there.
0: Which is awesome. And it doesn't need to be super sunny, right? Like, as long as
1: you're. No, there's a, there's a big difference between light and heat. We, uh, we need the light to be healthy. We need to avoid the heat. And uh, something for your listeners, when you don't have the answer or when the doctor tells you something, uh, you know, always ask yourself this. And that's what I started doing and also teaching people. What do animals in the wild do? You know, and you can ask many questions. How many times a day do they eat? Uh, how do they sleep? Are they wearing shoes? Are they wearing sunglasses? What do they do after the meal? How many times uh, per day do they eat? What do they drink uh, after they come off the mother's breast for the rest of their life? Uh, and and uh, are they hanging out in the heat or are they always going to hide in the shade when the sun comes out? What is it that they do? And that's what Mother Nature tells them to do and because they have an instinct, unfortunately, What uh, makes us different humans from animals in the wild is our awareness, our freedom to choose our response. And as humans, we have been really good at choosing the wrong responses over and over again, which has put us in this ill health situation. But luckily we have that same awareness, that same freedom to choose our response, to turn all that around and choose health freedom. In other words, choose to be healthy and happy. So you're responsible still.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so when you look at uh, what animals do, what a lot of us don't spend a whole lot of time observing animals. So, like, I, well, I think don't observe
1: have... your pets, right? Because yeah. they're the victim of being domesticated and having the same diseases, all of us. But if you think about a wild lion, an antelope, yeah. a gorilla, or whatever, um, you know, they don't get sick. Have you ever seen one with COPD or Alzheimer's or dementia or? Uh, Covid or the flu, or have you ever seen a fat one? It just does not exist because they have an instinct and they, are co- and they always act according to the laws of mother nature in their best interest and in the best interest of their species. That's why they're in perfect health and so we've been making the wrong choices and animals can't do that they have an instinct so that's their advantage i guess <laughs>
0: that yeah that that's very interesting uh, well i particularly the distinction between the ones who are domesticated because we do see pets who have similar uh illnesses. That of
1: course, because illnesses. they're not outside. They're not moving. They're usually laying down there unless they're a puppy, right? They're not moving. They're not the sunlight. They're not grounding because if they're walking on your carpet or the tiles, they're not in contact with Mother Earth. They're not eating natural foods. They're eating man-made foods out of a bag. And so they get the same diseases, diabetes, cancers, kidney problems. You know, uh, it's just exactly the same. You just put an animal in our environment and they end up with the same diseases, right?
0: Right. Yeah, that is really interesting. I don't think I've quite thought about it that way. But yeah, because a lot of the, the same animal left in the wild doesn't, of course, left in the wild, they have other uh, survival uh Challenges to contend with, but sure, yeah. yeah. But then they
1: either die a natural death or they got killed by another animal, right? It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's about it. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. But they don't face the same type of uh, diseases. No, they don't. Do you, what are your thoughts on we? Because we live in a society where uh, the mainstream medical industry talks a lot about different labels of diseases. You started out uh, this conversation saying that it really all just boiled down to toxemia. So do you do you not subscribe to any of these types of labels? Do you think it's just a... No, dip-
1: um, I'm, uh, I, I help many people uh, resolve uh, stage 3b, stage 4 cancer. I have a client now with colon rectal cancer. We just uh, finished holistic treatments, which is a whole approach for a uh, 40, if she's in her 40s, she was o- uh, ovarian cancer, uh, stage 3b. It took 60 days to get the numbers drastically down and 90 days to have a clean slate on the paperwork. Um, but whether it's cancer or whether it's MS or whether it's Parkinson's or whether it's, you know, another autoimmune disease or diabetes, The approach is always the same. Obviously, I customize the treatment based on where they are in their health. I usually have three, three, uh, classes, uh, where we start. Uh, step number one is, and that's where most people far. Unfortunately, it's people that, um, are in pain, are overweight or are diagnosed with a disease, which is a label. And so we need to, uh, regain control of their health, eradicate uh that's pain uh that excess weight or that disease and get back to normal because they're below normal so once we're back to normal, we can go in step number two or stage number two, which is now we get to get to optimal health, which means is we need to be fit and vital uh, and uh, we need to be in control of our physical, mental, emotional and spiritual well-being. And number three, once we're in optimal health, then we can maximize the benefits of biohacking, which means objectively reversing our biological age. So based on where somebody falls, there are going to be different strategies based on where they are moving to the next phase. But generally speaking, I don't care about the label because it's always the same approach. The doctors that give and, and you know they don't know, but labeling is so bad because we didn't talk about foundation number seven, which is the mind. The mind controls our body. The mind also creates our future, right? And uh, so we don't pay an, enough attention to the mind. But our mind is the blueprint for failure or success. So we need to. We really need to work on our belief system. I do that with all of my clients' belief system and eliminate many false core beliefs because let's take cancer as an example. If you're labeled with cancer and they gave you a diagnosis, it's right there consciously or unconsciously every day. And so that becomes your blueprint. And if you believe that you have cancer and you're going to die from it, guess what? You're going to be right. And the doctor's going to be right. However... If we if we work on people's belief system and they start believing they can overcome the cancer and that they will be fine and that they will be able to go to the wedding of their grandchildren, you know, and we continue to strengthen that belief system until there's no doubt and the universe has only one option, a big win. But if there's doubt in your mind, the universe always has two options, failure or success. So the belief system, the mindset uh, becomes very important when we talk about health especially when we need to overcome a label, because a label is a very strong sentence. Just that word, the diagnosis, has a very negative impact on the outcome. So we need to get rid of that labeling. uh, If you're labeled with something, that's one of the first things we do.
0: Yeah, no, I I couldn't agree more. I think that that's so incredibly important, so powerful. What was number six? Sorry, I...
1: Well, so we had air, water, uh, yeah. movement, rest, light, yes, Uh, diet, or upgrade your diet. And we talked about that, right? Uh, and then seven is the mind.
0: And seven is the mind.
1: And today, I mean, I remember when I was uh competitive swimming, people told me, you need to meditate. It's going to help. And I'm trying to meditate and clear my mind. And I couldn't. And when you try a few times and you don't feel any benefit, you give up. But today... 15, 20 years later, there are so many strategies and technologies out there that even the average person within one or two sessions of trying something can experience a change, can experience a meditative state. So you get excited and you can keep moving forward without giving up because today we have what? We have visualization, manifestation, we have gratitude, we have uh, breath work that helped really for me because when I concentrate on my breath, My mind clears of everything else because I'm so focused on my breath. Uh, and then we have technologies such as brain tap that facilitates us, facilitate us to tap into those different brain waves and get into a meditative state and get in control of our body and our future.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I know I, I used to struggle a lot with meditation and uh, visualization. And it's it's so fascinating, to, again, the power of the mind. So people would think that visualizing something ideal would be so easy. But I remember uh, when I was a gymnast, they would tell us to visualize yourself doing the routine perfectly. And yeah. I would visualize myself and I would always get stuck and like mess up at the same spot. It's very interesting because you know I'm not doing the routine. I'm just visualizing it in my head. And it was really difficult to visualize doing it perfectly. And that yeah,
1: you need to create you need to create that consistency. You gotta visualize yeah. it every day. And it's visualization is part of my evening routine. And you can make it part of any routine, but it needs to be something daily. And it just cannot be visualizing. You wanna have to incorporate all the senses, right? So if you're talking about a perfect routine as a gymnast. Then obviously you go to your routine and all your flips and all your tumbles and whatever you're doing. But at the same time, you gotta, you know, what, what is, what do you hear? Is it the audience? Is it your coach that's yelling? So you gotta involve all the senses. What is the smell? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you gotta involve all those senses and you gotta do it every day until it's kind of perfect. Right. Right. And then, then you're not gonna hiccup. So nothing comes, um, comes quick and easy, but with uh, persistence, things uh, fall in place pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so when you were talking about things, the, the labels and things like cancer, so do you think that they're caused by different types of uh, toxins, or do you think that it's not really relevant?
1: No, no, it's part of toxemia for sure, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. We but, all, I mean, even the healthiest person on earth has many cancer cells in our cell. In our, sure. It's when they're exponentially starting to growing and it's our environment that allows them to exponentially increase in numbers, right? Um, I mean, uh, <laughs> there's even a Nobel Prize rewarded uh, in the early, I don't remember the year, the early 1900s that basically says that viruses, bacteria, and cancer cannot survive in an alkaline environment. So here we are again about anti-inflammatory foods, about uh, alkalinity and not acidity, because the foods that are bad for us are acidic, like our uh, sodas, our energy drinks, our coffees, uh, our meats, uh, you know, they're all very acidic. And so when we create this acidic environment, that's when, you know, pathogens and uh, cancer thrives. So we need to do opposite, um, to do that. And again, yes, uh, I will still put that under toxemia. And when we can t- keep toxemia in check, uh, okay. there is no chance for any disease. There is no chance to get sick either. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, if you look at animals in the wild, you know, they cannot be attacked by any virus, any bacteria, mm-hmm. um, because their immune system is so strong, it gets immediately targeted. Uh, By the B cells and killed by the T cells, right? So,
0: right. And what are your thoughts on parasites? I I know there's a lot of, uh, I I wouldn't call it new, but it it seems to be surfacing a correlation, particularly with cancer.
1: Yes, uh, particularly with cancer. uh, You know, that's why, you know, of course, you can uh, do some tests to figure that out. But that's why, again, ivermectin, even with cancer patients, is probably one of the things that. Uh, people may have to consider, uh, so I'm glad you brought that up because with our last patient, we have put them on ivermectin just because of that reason. Uh, we do many things. So we make a whole program and basically, uh, approach the disease state, uh, from many different angles, uh, right? Uh, Tesla always said, uh in order to, be perfectly healthy or heal something There needs to be three components, frequency, energy, and vibration. So mm-hmm. with all my clients, I do frequency. So I use the right frequencies, mm-hmm. uh, which each of the frequency has a uh, specific symptom or diagnosis. So we dial into the frequencies that the patient or the client needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have vibration again, which is also frequency, which is music, which is binaural beats, which is uh, movements, uh, which is music. Uh, which is vibration platforms, right? Mm-hmm. So there's vibration and energy. Energy is what? Energy, that's our food. That's the fuel that we put in our body. So we need to have that NAD plus, NADPH, and we need to have all those alkaline anti-inflammatory foods. And we we combine those three. Um, you know, then to me, uh, with my experience, we have a hundred percent success rate.
0: Awesome. So with this uh, patient that you were uh, just describing, you, you used ivermectin for and what were the results or are they still?
1: Improved? Well, we just started with this patient mm-hmm. two weeks ago, right? Oh. So so we have a three-month uh, program mm-hmm. and uh, we are very confident that if the patient, if the patient is compliant, that uh, the test results uh, after another CAT scan and biopsy uh, will will be 100%. That's, that's what we have been able to do.
0: That's amazing uh and so do you uh, is is it part of a larger protocol or is that like one of the main targeted Sorry, the the methodology? no no, the uh i remember so you you do this oh no
1: that's no, that's not really part of most protocols. It kind of yeah. depends again we do a of course a complete intake we wanna uh approach the person as a whole, yeah, so what's their age what are their other health issues um You know, we'll do some blood work. We'll see what type of cancer it is, where it is. Again, that doesn't usually matter that much, but, um, you know, and, and that's when we kind of take our protocol and customize it, but we always have frequency, vibration, and energy, uh, components, uh, in the protocol.
0: Yeah. That's great. What are your thoughts on, uh, the, cause I feel like there's a lot of new frequency modalities that are surfacing and it, it seems to be, kind of a trend that's cropping up what what are your thoughts on the the different types of
1: frequency well you know again you know I always like to test right so um mm-hmm. uh, with this uh, particular patient again we do two frequency uh treatments we do the um uh, it's it's called the Tesla plasma technology which has 4 million rife frequencies and it comes with a book so we look up colon cancer, rectal cancer, boosting the immune system, and we stack certain frequencies that we that we think are important for this particular patients and um you know uh there's two ways uh there's those devices with an amplifier, so the mm-hmm. frequency is amplified so you can put the device in your room and you could do whatever you want in that room uh you will get the frequency, and they're usually more expensive, but you also have. The devices that have the same frequencies, but you need to be in contact with them. So you put a glove on or you're sitting on, uh again, a piece of cloth that it's connected to the frequency. So you get that frequency. Those are the healing frequencies. And then the other device that I have them on is what we call a multi-wave oscillator, which has frequencies from zero to 20,000 hertz. So you have a transmitter here, a receiver there. The patient sits in between. And so what that does is all the frequencies are transmitted, absorbed by the patient, and then received on the other end. So it basically goes through your body. But a normal cell has a millivoltage of 70, minus 70 millivolts. Now, cancer cells usually drop to 30, 40. So the frequencies are basically going to go through your body and going to tell you, look, you got to step it up to 70 or you gotta get out of here, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's a uh, multi-wave oscillator was the number one preferred treatment for cancer in the 1930s until, uh, Dr. Rife got, uh, killed and the big pharma came on the forefront. And, uh, you know, this popular, uh, cancer treatment that was very effective, helped many people was suddenly, uh, pushed to the side and nobody heard of it, right? anymore. Uh, but we combined those two. And again, I could show a video, but the way I know it works is you could, for example, take a, a light bulb and hold it in between the transmitter and receiver and without an electrical outlet, just holding it into your hand, it will light up. And uh-huh. so th- that's one of those things that you would know, okay, this works, this device works. And that's usually the little test that I do uh, to make sure, you know, we're not sitting there, uh, but, uh, you know, using a gadget that has no scientific validity or doesn't work.
0: Right. Sure. How do people go about finding places where they can use these frequency technologies and know that they're using? Well,
1: you know, again, it depends on your budget. Um, sure. Usually you can go to a, to a certain clinics and they may have devices that you can use, uh, but sometimes it makes more sense to uh, get one at the home because then you can use it 24-7 for the rest of your life because mm-hmm. there's no consumables with these types of devices, Right uh so it depends on i guess what what you want to use it for what the purpose would be whether or not there's more people in your family that you could benefit from it right um and uh and what your budget is so i'll be glad to help anybody that has questions on that for sure but
0: yeah no i feel like it's uh cuz it's just not something a lot of us are very knowledgeable about and it's uh it's not a new medicine but it's definitely something that is uh in the alternative sphere it's not in the mainstream so it's not talked about all that often well so I no think,
1: i mean if we if we actually would help somebody then uh, they're no longer a customer right
0: <laughs> right exactly right i yeah that uh, is what
1: I, it is yeah <laughs> yeah
0: so big pharma is not allowed to cure anything they're only allowed to treat yeah they're yes, actually not they, allowed to yeah, cure. They
1: never cure anything. That's, I've, I've n- never seen one case uh, where, I mean, you can think about it if uh, just from a logical point of view, right? Yeah. If we think about a drug, a uh, drug is dead matter, there's no life properties. And there's simple laws that says uh, that life, uh, that matter cannot act, it only can be acted upon. So mm-hmm. if you're thinking about a pill, a prescription drug, it's dead matter, it cannot act, it only can be acted upon. Mm-hmm. So when we swallow it, it really cannot do anything, but we do have a list of side effects. And with most drugs, they're pretty similar, meaning nausea, vomiting, lightheadedness, rashes, and those types of things, which are all attempts of the body to expel the toxin. Um, So it's the body that reacts to it. It's never the medicine that does anything. So no, uh, I always say drugs can cure, therapies can cure, surgeries can cure, but Supplements can cure healthy food can cure either only the body can heal itself. And therefore we need to acknowledge that the body knows what it's doing. It is the only thing that can heal itself. And therefore we need to make a conscious effort to put it in the right or into in the correct conditions and give it the right tools so that it can heal itself. Just to think that we as humans uh, would intervene with this complex uh, body that we still Don't understand, far from, uh, is kind of laughable because we got about 70. I mean, sometimes uh, books say 50, other books say 100. So let's say about 75 trillion cells. We can't comprehend that number. It's more than the stars in the entire galaxy. And each of those uh, cells performs a few million chemical reactions per second. So, if you want to know how many chemical reactions there reactions uh, there occur in our body at any given second, we simply have to multiply seventy five trillion with a few million. So next time somebody asks you if you're busy, you say yes, extremely but, <laughs> but the idea that we have the audacity to think that we could intervene with that uh, and think together, a positive outcome is quite laughable. And that's why the, the smarter common sense people amongst us just have to step back and realize that the body can do whatever it needs to do. And our job is to put it in the right conditions and give it the right tool so it can heal itself.
0: Wow. That's really astounding to think about.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: 75 trillion times a few million chemical reactions per second.
1: And so why would we think we can interfere with them. And even if we interfere with it, if we disrupt it, to even then think we're going to get a positive outcome is laughable. You know, our body, our mind cannot comprehend that Uh, no matter how much science to put together. uh, Again, we still don't understand this body, right? Because we're still dealing with all these labels and diseases. And so if we would understand the body, and be able to control it, we wouldn't have to deal with that. So it's time to, you know, stop thinking that we would be able to do that and just step back and, and, and put the body in the right conditions because the body can heal itself,
0: you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I I love that. I think that that's a, a much more positive way to look at things. And I think that that's probably why they don't, because if you slap the label, you have people living in fear, and then, of course, when they're in fear, they're desperate and they look to external sources and they're willing to pay lots of money, uh, right. to the experts to, uh, try and, uh, you know, eradicate these, uh, labels that they've been given. So yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much. It's been really enlightening. Do you have anything else you want to impart? Please do. And of course, tell everybody where they can find you and find your books and your work and your, your services.
1: Yeah, the best way you can find everything about me is my website. It's biohackingunlimited.com. All my books are there. My mentorship programs are there. You can subscribe to an email uh, for free newsletters. Mm -hmm. Uh, So everything's there. Uh, We have events there, uh, trainings. Everything's on the website, biohackingunlimited.com.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much.
1: You're welcome.